Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio on WGR. Locker out day yesterday. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott to speak today. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Western Hotline. A busy man these days. Sal, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. So timeline for today is what? Let me, let me make notes in uh, in our programs today. Sean McDermott will speak at 11 a.m. today, so we'll be down there carrying that live for you on the Extra Point Show, and then Brandon Bean will be at 12 p.m., so I'm sure in some way, shape, or form that'll be on WGR Sports Radio 550. So, um, But, yeah, that's the lineup for today. We'll hear from both the head coach and the general manager. All right, so the two, uh, the Brain Trust, they'll speak today. Yesterday was about players, some who know they'll be back and some who won't. Uh, where, where do you want to start, Sally? Start Gabe Davis? Like, I, I was listening when Davis was on, and it seemed like, uh, I mean, Joe said it right away when Davis was speaking. It sounds like he is as good as gone. I mean, open to returning, of course, but the fact that there have been uh, seemingly no discussions through the year, it sounds like Davis is going to hit that market. Well, he's definitely, you know, planning on hitting free agency. I always want to be careful with as good as gone. I think a lot of people thought Matt Milano would be as good as gone, and he was going to become a free agent. Uh, that same offseason was John Feliciano and Daryl Williams. All of them returned. I mean, you never know what you can do. You never know how it will play out. I mean, the Bills may be thinking, sure, we, we'll let him in. I'm sure we're going to hear from Brandon Bean when he talks. He'll probably say something along the lines of, Gabe's earned the right to go to free agency, and you know we support that, and if he wants, and we're, we'll be here and in contact with him. And I don't know. It does sound to me like you know, you know, Gabe's four years here, the last um, – uh, maybe year especially has been a little rough as far as you know targets and things like that. Maybe he's looking for something different, but he said he loves Buffalo. He'd be very open to coming back to Buffalo. He said he loves everything about Buffalo. So, yeah, I mean, sure, you hear that and you think, okay, they can't afford these guys. Going to market, he's probably gone. I just I always want to kind of leave some space for you never know that he might not get what he wants on the open market and then decides I got a good situation with Josh Allen and Buffalo and I can come back. I do wonder what that number is for the Bills. I, I mean – yeah, I don't know, Sal. Like, how bad should right. they really want him back? Right, right. I, my guess is it would have to be pretty low, mm-hmm. but you never know. Um, today we might find out a little bit about that. Like, how do they feel they're close? Do they feel like um, they're searching for something? You know, they're hitting their head against this divisional round. Some might think it's about the Chiefs. Other might, others might think it's just about these teams they run up against in this round of the postseason. But the the questions today for Bean and McDermott will be will be interesting to kind of parse through as we get their answers on why they are falling short again because you know it's, it's the same spot three years in a row. 
Yeah. I agree. I agree. And like, I mean, there's going to be a lot of questions about how to manage the cap and what they can do. And, um, you know, I saw even Aaron Schatz wrote something like this was it. This was their chance. They have, you know, their salary cap situation is bad. And yeah, I mean, you look at it. Certainly it is. We all know that. We all know this is coming. I'll always maintain that as long as you have Josh Allen, <clears throat> you have a chance. And, um, you know, there are things you can do. There are tweaks and restructures. There are pe- people that you can release, but it's it's going to be more challenging. There's no doubt about it. Um you know, a player like Gabe, I think about that position, and you guys say, like, I wonder what that number is. And I agree with you. I don't know. But I also look at it as if you don't get Gabe, you might have to get somebody else that kind of number. I, I mean, it'd be ideal, right? We can all sit here and be on the, the Jeremy Wide receiver train and say, draft one in the first two rounds and just go young and have rookie contracts. That's great. I don't know if they feel that they could trust doing something like that. You know, so you're going to have to allocate your money somehow to even replenish some of these guys who leave. And you can't just always rely on, you know, the cheapest labor, even though you might have to do that in some areas. Well, this is where this is where, you know, if they feel that way, Sal, that's where the consequence of not doing it in the last three years comes in. It's not all their control, but, you know, and they found their way to doing it. Of course, this is why I wanted to see them do it earlier, was knowing that Gabe Davis is up for a contract and thinking, I'd like to have assurance or know what you're getting in a second or third year player rather than, okay, Gabe Davis is gone. I guess we got to throw the rookie in there and let's. I mean, the odds are, given draft history in the last couple of years and what this class is supposed to be, I think it's more likely than not that player will be able to produce right away. But, you know. There, there's an, there's Nikhil Harry's every once in a while, and if the guy busts or isn't that good, then you're kind of stuck. Yeah, and there's also areas where even while, even though we may feel like okay, you got to go do that, maybe they feel like they have to have something else somewhere else, right? And and you never know how that plays out. I would say that from the wide receiver group, if you put a you know an arrow up or an arrow down or an arrow level, the only one in that group right now that has an arrow pointing up is Khalil Shakir, right? That we'd all be comfortable saying that with. Um, everybody else, there's question marks about at, at best. Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield. They have Andy Isabella that, you know, they just signed to a futures contract. And KJ Hamler, they're throwing darts right there to see maybe something can happen and hit. But yeah, I think the only one, Justin Shorter. There's questions on every single one, except probably Khalil Shakir. Um, the other guy who talked about his contractual situation, two of them, uh, Mitch Morse. You know, I know there's been a lot of questions about, you know, what he his future might hold because he had a concussion history. Not this year, though. He, he didn't have one, but he did. And that's been the question I asked him right out. And he said he said it was he thought it was even an odd question. He didn't anticipate it. So that's how much he's thinking. Oh, yeah, he's he'll be back. He said, right. I'm under contract. As long as they'll have me, I'll be here. But then the question comes in, will the team feel that Mitch Morris had his number and one year left in his contract? What do they feel about doing that? Um, I think he's an excellent player. I think him and Josh Allen together, Josh really trusts him. He's been the anchor of that offensive line in the center for many years now, several years. He's not super old. He just turned 30. So I think you can keep Mitch Morris back, but you know you wonder what that looks like. And then, of course, there's Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Jordan has a year left on his contract. Micah does not. Uh, Micah said he's been in this situation. He said, granted, not at 32 years old, though. So, you know, we'll see what the future holds for him, or 33, whatever that is now, um, what the future holds for him. He said he's going to take some time and uh, have some discussions with his family and decide what he wants to do. And then from there, you have to decide, and the Bills have to decide what they want to do. 803 We'll get some calls in with Sal here as we uh, wait for Sean McDermott at 11 o'clock this morning and then Brandon Bean at 12. Chris in North Buffalo. Hey, Chris, good morning. You're on with Sal. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Great job. Uh, love the show. Um, man, 
this hurts so bad every year. Uh, but let me let me just say I'm thankful for the regime. Um, McDee, being they came in here and did a knock-up job, great job. I think we owe a lot of credit to them. Um, but I think sometimes you need a new voice. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look like the guys are having fun. You know, I look on the sideline, yeah, they're having fun sometimes, but we look real tight. We look real tight, and it just seems like a lot of the fun is, is lost from the game. And also, one, one other thing really quick. Um, with all the defense and everything like that, I, I thought we should have learned a big lesson last Super Bowl with the Philly game. The Philly had an amazing D-line. It, I mean, it was like hockey. They had like a three-line rotation. They had like 13 guys on the D-line rotating, rotating, and they couldn't touch Mahomes. Couldn't touch him. And I think that says a lot about where we need to go that, that we need to really emphasize and put it in the offense. Yeah. So just want to hear what you guys had to say. Thanks a lot. Great job. I mean, you guys are the best. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the kind words. Sal, so I'll, I'll piggyback what Chris said with a stat for you that I saw, that in three games in the playoffs against Patrick Mahomes, they have not sacked him, and they have not turned him over. They got the Hardman fumble. But they have not had any success in three postseason games against Mahomes, really affecting him in any way. And I guess there's a, uh, you know, there's a choice. Is it pour assets into your defense so that you can? Or is it try to find a different way? Because 0 for 3 on really doing anything. And we know that they have poured assets into their defense in an attempt to do exactly that. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that because it is a tough quandary when you think about how great this D-line was all year, right? I mean, and they have it. They have the. I think they have the assets now. I think they have the players. And granted, Von Miller's not now what he was going to be. You thought he was and what he was when he came in. Um, they haven't gotten anything back on that. But they, even without Von Miller doing anything this year, guys, <clears throat> they had a, a D-line that was excellent all season. And Daquan Jones came back, and you know Ed Oliver had an All Pro season. I know he wasn't voted All Pro. I think he had an All Pro season. Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, who's actually had some success against Mahomes, you know, in a couple of regular season games. So I don't know the answer to that because when 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 it comes up and people say pouring assets and need this, they've done that, and I think it's actually been very good the last year and a half. The last year, this year was great. The D line played really well. They got to they were the, they had the fourth most sacks in the league. Right, they had. Uh, I think they had the most, the highest sacks per attempt in the league. I think if I have to go back and look, it's certainly up there. So I, I don't know how do you how do you lay blame it? You know, not the assets. I think it's there and the performance. And then I look and say, well, sure. So then it's got to come down to. And the caller says this, right? Is it scheme? And you just said, Jeremy, do you do something different? Is it scheme? Could you have done something different against Kansas City? Sure, I guess you could. I, I also want to say, look, you gotta you gotta win your one on ones. You gotta win a battle there. If you're Greg Rousseau, you're Ed Oliver, you're Von Miller, whoever you are, you got to win a battle to get pe- pe- uh, pressure. And by the way, early in the game, there was one time where they did have him spun around, mm-hmm. and bam, he's there, and you don't make the tackle. Like those are the little things that that's not on assets, that's not on scheme. You got to make a play in that, and it's not going to happen every time. I understand, but but in that sense, instance, you say you got to make a play right there. Well, with that in mind. There was a Chiefs game sale a couple years ago where the reaction was, we've got to get Mahomes to the ground, let's go sign Von Miller. And they have four defensive linemen under contract for next year, so do you expect someone, not not maybe to the same, I don't think they can pay another end $100 million, but do you expect there to be defensively a little bit of a theme this offseason of, all right, that group couldn't get them, 
should we try different guys? Do you think they try to bring back the same unit? Do you think they they do you think they think about Sunday enough? I guess to to react to that game in particular when it comes to that unit. I don't know if they do. I I think that this this was a, a failing up front in whatever regard you want to call it, whether that's the players, the scheme, whatever. They didn't do it in this game. But Joe, I think that's a tough thing to do when you say, well, then who are you going to go get? Because again, let me make the same analogy with the Gabe Davis situation, right? Like you're you're not looking at are you going to let these guys go? Are you going to get another Leonard Floyd and play pay him what he got? Are you going to rely? You could have okay, so let's pick a guy. You can bring back a Shaq Lawson or someone just like him, but are you going to pay more for someone like that? And I'm using him as an example because these mm-hmm. are these are guys who are not making a lot of money. They're coming here on one year deals. Tim Settle, like, can you bring him back at cheap or somebody else like him who's cheap? All you're really doing in that situation is pretty much paying another guy probably the same amount that he's better. And is that really, do you think, going to work? Because you're basically at the same spot if you do it that way. 803 Get a couple more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Calls in with Sal Capaccio here. We'll go to uh, Dennis in Lockport. Dennis, good morning. Hey, good morning. Love your show, guys. Hey, you know, a couple of things. Um, I, I want to get your guys' view on this. CBS Sports had made a, a comment that if Brable didn't even get picked up as a head coach somewhere, you know, some of the landing spots, Buffalo is a D.C. or something like that. So I want to hear what you guys thought about that. I hear people complaining about run, pass game. Look, it, we need to have a balanced thing. We're finally, I think, starting to get there. Um, having a good, finally, it looks like a running back core that's going to be solid. There. Josh out, and we don't be one-dimensional. But that is one of the things I'm, I'm glad to see the Bills are finally established. It's been years since we've had that. And the final thing, you know, everyone, I keep hearing Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. Hey, there's a reality here. Mahomes was part of the key that beat us. Andy Reid and his defensive coordinator beat us. They came up with a good scheme halfway through that game, and we were dominating in the first half. And whatever changed in the second half was enough to 
get them past the line, which we didn't have. And, and I'll leave it for you guys then to go from there, okay? All right. Well, I think well, one what of the- they did in the second half was they keyed in on that run that you know you just talked about and being balanced and having that, but they keyed that in. But then when the Bills needed to throw the ball, A, their receivers, are it's tough for them, as we talked about, get separation, or B, Josh put a nice throw somewhere and hit somebody like Stephon Diggs or Trent Shurfield, and they didn't come up with it, and there was a little margin for error there. Yeah, the, what, what they kind of did sell is what we always hear – teams doing to the Bills and sometimes the Bills doing to other teams which is let's make you go on a 10 to 12 to 15 play yep. drive and see if you make a mistake and the Bills made mistakes right. and like that, that's it when you got to go six and they did have long drives they did have long drives right. they did but they, but you're right Jeremy at the end at the end or somewhere in the drive you have a loss for three yards now it's second and 13 right yep. I mean like those are the mistakes that happen yep. or a drop or whatever it is like the Bills had five yeah. 10 play drives in this game so yeah wow on, on defensive coordinator that, that's well, that, the, the, hold on real quick. Ahead, That's yeah. a question I, I expect yeah. today. Not about Vrabel, but 100%. will he be defensive coordinator again, or do you think he'll kind of he'll give that up? It's a good question. Um, the, there are there are questions I would say with all three coordinators heading into this offseason. Questions with all three. I don't know if we could have said that. I guess last year. No, you can't really have said that. Really, uh, any of the last few years, there might have been a question with one or maybe two, but there are questions with all three coordinators going into this offseason. Number one. Joe Brady is not the full-time offensive coordinator. He's the interim. So as of today, basically, he you know doesn't have an official offensive coordinator title. He's just a guy that is in the mix, I'm sure, to be the offensive coordinator. We all know he got a look in an interview from the Atlanta Falcons for their head coaching job. I don't know if that was exploratory in case he comes open on the market as a coordinator. That could be the case. Um, so we'll see what their plan is there. He got a very ringing endorsement from every offensive player we talked to yesterday who'd love to see him back. I know sometimes... You think, well, guys are going to say that, but it just seemed like they were all very much into what he brought to the table and would like to do that. And then you bring up the defensive coordinator, of course. You know, I think Sean McDermott did a really good job calling plays this year. I think, you know, putting together a defense that was very injured with his staff, they did a nice job. But does McDermott feel that he needs someone to take a little bit of that off his plate? Is that someone in house if they do that? Al Holcomb, who he hired last year, Eric Washington, who's been here as the assistant head coach now with him. Um, Bobby Babbage, who's done a great job working with linebackers. Those guys are in-house. Is it someone out of house? Is it a Ron Rivera, a Mike Brabel, someone with a bigger name? I'm not sure if they would go that route, you know, or, you know, this organization under this regime likes to have guys they're familiar with and the, the players are familiar with and know the scheme, know the players. And then, of course, their special teams. Uh, I know that Sean McDermott really likes and trusts, you know, Matthew Smiley, but this is a bottom-line business, and the bottom line with special teams was they did not – perform at the most critical of times at certain times this year, including 12 men on the field, including the punt return against the Jets in the opener, including the kicking issues that popped up later in the season. So those are very big question marks with all three coordinator spots. 803-0550. Sal, I I guess I would ask you if you tend to agree about some of the offensive questions here. So Joe Brady's, I think, no doubt the favorite to get the job. The Bills do have to go through a hiring process. So they'll they'll, yeah. they'll they'll do that. But my biggest thing on the offense right now is that they have to figure out who they want to be because I feel like this is constantly, whether it's changing or they're trying to find some middle ground or, you know, from going from 11 to 12 and pass-catching running backs and matchup nightmares and this and that and yak yards with Ken Dorsey. It's one thing I think this offense lacks. Their, their identity is Josh Allen is awesome. And they need something more than that. And I, if Joe Brady's going to stay, I hope it's because 
he has a clear vision of what he can get as the best offense out of Josh Allen. Yeah, I would agree with that, of course, right? I mean, I think that's got to be a part of it. I, I remember when they moved from when Brian Dable left and they moved over to Ken Dorsey. And, you know, there was a, hey, we want to make sure Josh is also comfortable with this, right? It wasn't, and it, I think too much got made of maybe that kind of comment when Josh wasn't picking the offensive coordinator, but you want to make sure. Well, th- there's a reason for that. I think that, you know, you have to have an idea of how you want to use Josh Allen. And Josh Allen has to be comfortable with that idea of how he's being used and what the plan is of the offense. So for sure, I think anybody who gets this job is the number one question might be, like, what's your plan for Josh Allen and how to run this offense through him? But I'd also say, you know, once you made this change, look how much he ran. Look how much we were clamoring for it. How For eight weeks, nine weeks, guys, we were all saying here, holy cow, can, we, can you have the guy run a little bit? Can we have these design runs? We got that from Joe Brady. Now, I think the question is, did they do it out of necessity because Sean McDermott said it's go time? And people like to think that McDermott's, you know, telling them what to do. Which, by the way, interesting yesterday, I think. Interesting. Kind of unprompted, even though it was on the heels of a question, Josh came out and said, Sean McDermott's never walked into an offensive meeting room and said, you have to do this. He's never told the offense, this is what needs to be done. And I don't know if he said that because he hears people saying that, that that's a theme or that's a that's maybe a narrative or whatever word you want to use there. I'm not really sure, but he kind of just made sure to say that. Well, like the Sean McDermott does not like meddle in the offense. And I just thought it was interesting that he said that. We all know, though, he is the head coach. He has a philosophy. He's even said that it's got to, you know, be a certain way for to work within the program. Um, but I do think that, you know, whoever the coordinator is, is going to probably have that as the number one question about Josh Allen. Now, it's interesting. I think about the KC Chiefs guys on the heels of your question, Jeremy. Like Kansas City. They ran the heck out of the ball and beat the Bills running the ball, essentially. Not Mahomes throwing. Yeah, he had a few passes and guys were open and he made a few dimes. There's no doubt about it. Look at the plan they had coming into this game. This wasn't running through Mahomes. They can't, they ran 13 personnel sometimes. They, lo- they ran the ball. Like that was their identity against the Bills and the Bills couldn't stop it. So there are times where you have to say, hey, whatever the deep, we have to do what's best for the offense and it doesn't have to be about our all world quarterback. That's not what the Chiefs did in this game to beat the Bills. He did have a quarterback rating of 131. Yeah, well, it was it was <laughs> right. So, like, he didn't have to throw it a lot. It was really kind of a perfect marriage for the Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, which they, was, they just did anything they wanted. They to. ran well, and when they threw right. it, it was working down the field. Like, it yeah. was the big chunk plays that they were grabbing. And really, like that—that that is what I really woke up this morning and thinking about the Bills a lot about. And this, we just talked about receiver a lot, but. Watching the Chiefs be able to grab chunk plays time after time and the Bills having to go on these long 15-play drives, even when they were throwing at the end. I'm not making a run point here. It's more of a, where are my big explosive plays? If I'm the Chiefs, I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of that season, I don't know, I feel like the Bills are kind of easy to defend. They, You let them have those short well, passes in front of you because it's not Hill, it, Tyreek Hill, it's not Debo Samuel, like... Kincaid and Diggs, these guys are fine, but I'm not afraid of those guys with the ball in their hands. Well, I can back up. Right, it's it's a big point about Brady going forward. I mean, we talked on Wednesdays with Joe Marino, the Lockdown Bills podcast. He pointed out that in the last six weeks of the regular season, they were like Josh Allen's quarterback rating with a clean pocket was 29th. Like the the passing mm-hmm. game had been missing for quite some time. So that it wasn't there against the Chiefs is not that big of a surprise. And it, you, you'd like to say it was the Davis injury, but Davis got hurt, and they were fine against Miami. They were fine against P- 
Pittsburgh by their own standard. But to get to where they were when we knew they were at the peak of their passing game powers, like they're just so far away from that right now. And I feel like there's there should be a big-time push to kind of get them back there. Yeah, I mean, look, they had uh, some big plays in the passing game. They also ran up. They had a 29-yard run. They had a 28-yard run. I mean, yet they were balanced, and they got chunk plays, too many of them, eight of them total, mm-hmm. you know, over 20 yards. The Bills had zero plays over 15 yards that weren't Josh Allen right. runs. Zero. Any, right. Anything other than a Josh Allen scramble, 15 yards or less on every single play. Like, they yep. never had one over 15 yards. They need that. There's no doubt. The only point I'm trying to make is there are times where – it's okay to be like, hey, we're, we're, this is this is the this is the defense presenting us. We're gonna be a little bit different. We don't have to. He he did only complete seventeen passes. I know he had a hundred and whatever rating, but like the, the they were they were the embodiment of the kind of game and balance that I think was needed in this type of game. But going back, if you look, they're still throwing it all the time with Mahomes, right? I mean, you go back and look at the last six seven weeks. I did this. It's thirty five passes. It's forty passes. He is the guy it ran through. But in this particular game. You know, they took advantage of what the Bills had on the defensive side and said, we're going to big boy you, we're going to run the ball, and then when we need to pass it, you're going to be too far up because you have to stop the run, and we're going to make plays down the field. Sal Capaccio, he'll be there today, 11 o'clock. Sean McDermott, noon, Brandon Bean. We'll have coverage of uh, those two press conferences here on WGR. Thank you, Sal. You got it, guys. When we get back, more of your phone calls. Howard will uh, not pick the Bills. Brant, he's, he's, here to, he's here to just kind of, you know, we, we, we invited Dad back in. To, yeah. You know? Make us feel better. Talk us. Are we gonna feel better? If I watch him, (laughs) you know what? Yes. If I see, he empties his soul on on this table and just like I, I, I can't. This team, I can't anymore. (laughs) I mean this in the nicest way, but I will feel better if I see him upset. (laughs) Is that is that twisted? Hmm. Is that I think that is twisted. But as a fan, you know you like to hear people rant. You like to peep. That's true. When you feel mad or sad, and you see someone else expressing that, you're like. All right, yeah, I'm not alone. So, you know, Howard's going Howard's gonna to be mad. And we'll take some more calls. 803-0550, Sabres head coach Don Granato at 930. The Sabres are out west. They play Anaheim tonight, a team that they, I mean, they got to beat them, Joe. They got to beat them if they want to you know, even pretend to be in a race right now. What would the hot dog be if Anaheim was in town? It's a great question. Duck. It's like a turducken, but like I like it. Yeah. But like with a hot dog. <laughs> Speaking Except, of that, yeah. thank you to works. the listener that sent, I got it today, a jar of Sport peppers. Yeah. When the Blackhawks were here, they had sport peppers yeah. on the dogs. And I said, I, I didn't even know there were sport peppers. Sure enough, here's a jar of Marconi sport peppers, the authentic Chicago-style hot dog pepper. Thank you to whoever sent that in. They're perfectly shaped for like a hot dog. Yeah. Right? They're long and skinny. Will sport Howard peppers. eat a sport pepper? It's not a fruit, so it's got a chance. We should have we should have him do it. Yeah. Well, good luck. Taste Howard's test. next. More of your calls as well here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.